sifter.com.au. Hi, I'm Kyle Paletto. And I'm Fiona Bartholomeus. Welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly recap on the biggest news in video games. This week, God of War Ragnarok was almost very different. CD Projekt Red apologizes for including Risque mod in Witcher 3, and nothing can stop Counter-Strike, which has just smashed its player record. Here's the news for Sunday, 19th of February. Let's go. Join the Sifter community on Discord at sifter.com.au forward slash Discord. Slight spoiler warning here for God of War Ragnarok. Kratos's gravelly voiced adventures might have been cut short. One of the early story plans saw a bit of a sticky end for the Spartan warrior. Matt Sophos, narrative director on Ragnarok, said that at one point in development, Kratos would cark it. That's Australian for die for any of our international listeners. And I don't care. We can tell this because it's never, it doesn't happen anymore. So this is all fan fiction at this point. There was... The earliest, earliest draft of an outline that we had come up with that we took to Eric, Kratos died in the Thor fight at the very beginning of the game. It, it wasn't a permanent death. What was going to happen, he would get pulled out of of hell, essentially, by Atreus, but it's now been like 20 years have passed. Oh, and my it was gonna God. It's going to be a big time jump type thing. So, uh just it didn't ultimately feel right. Um, but other than that, when as we were developing the story, Norse mythology is all about fate and prophecy and everything. And we wanted to say that, you know, nothing is written that can't be unwritten. As long as you're willing to change, make changes in your life, then, um, then you know, you're not bound to fate. It's not the first time Kratos has died in the series, but the development team felt it didn't really work with the sequel story. You can listen to the full interview with MinMax by clicking the link in the show notes. There are some pretty strong parallels to another high-profile PlayStation series with that original plan. I wonder if that played a part as well. Here is a wild one. With the relaunch of The Witcher 3 for PS5 and Xbox Series X, CD Projekt Red included a bunch of fan-made mods, including, as Kotaku discovered, fully textured genitalia on naked female characters. Yikes. Fan mods have existed forever, and it's not uncommon for modders to create updated character models that are pretty not safe for work. But there is a reason retail games don't include this sort of thing. The creator of the original Vaginas for Everyone mod said it's possible it was included in another mod, HD Monsters Reworked, which CD Projekt Red included for the crone enemies in the game. CD Projekt have already confirmed that they are removing the updated textures, saying they were not meant to be present in the release version of the game. Warner Brothers Smash clone Multiverses is in trouble, with its player count dropping 99% since launch. According to the Steam charts, the number of concurrent players has gone from over 150,000 at its peak in July 2022 to averaging just over 1,000 last month. Video Games Chronicle is reporting that players are abandoning the game because of a lack of new content, with the last new character added in November last year. In other Multiverses news, some clever data miners have allegedly found evidence pointing to an upcoming Pickle Rick DLC. But given the controversy surrounding Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roiland, it's hard to imagine that addition will do much to save this sinking ship. I think it's great that we're seeing some competition to the genre that Super Smash Bros. pioneered, but I'm not sure that the Warner Bros. lineup was ever going to be a hit that they wanted it to be. I'm just not really convinced that there was ever a huge demographic for LeBron James fighting Scooby-Doo. On the flip side, some games just keep going and going. 
Counter-Strike Global Offensive broke its all-time concurrent player record last week. The multiplayer first-person shooter first released in 2012 and has had a decent following ever since. But on the 11th of February, 1,320,219 people were playing simultaneously, according to the Steam statistics. It breaks the previous record in April 2020 of 1,308,963. With little updates here and there, we can probably expect to see that number rise. Who knows? Maybe we'll see another record. Counter-Strike is a massive global game. While it might not be front of mind for players in Australia and the US, in some parts of the world, it's just the main game that anybody plays. Hyperlight Drifter is getting a sequel, but it's a bit different to what was originally announced. Developer Heart Machine last year announced the sequel game Hyperlight Breaker as a co-op roguelike, but now it's transformed into a procedurally generated open world. In the early stages of development, the game was designed to be a stage-by-stage roguelike with procedural generation, so each biome you visited would change every time. But apparently, due to how large these biomes were, it created problems of how to make each one interesting every time it changed. The team behind the game have been very transparent with the community, releasing blog posts, no-clip documentaries, and insight into the dev process. So we highly recommend you check it out. Open world always sounds like a lot more work, so it's really interesting to hear that this actually cuts that workload down. I'm really keen to see how it turns out in the end. That's it for news. Here are the games releasing this week. Out on the 21st is one of my most highly anticipated games of the year, Atomic Heart. It's a first-person action RPG set in a dystopian future filled with killer robots and gives off big Bioshock vibes, which is always a win in my books. It's out on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox on Tuesday. PSVR 2 is launching on Wednesday with a stack of old VR games and a handful of new ones. There's too many to list here, but the most notable has to be Horizon Call of the Mountain. That's coming on the 22nd for anyone who is willing to part with close to 1000 Australian dollars. On the 24th, we get the long-awaited Kerbal Space Program 2. The first in this series is a favourite among gamers who love an insane deep dive and still gets a lot of play despite being over a decade old. Space Cadets can pick up the sequel on PC, PlayStation and Xbox this Friday. And another sequel out this week is Octopath Traveler 2, the follow-up to the 2018 RPG hit. The first in the series blew fans away with its beautiful 2.5D art style and the sequel is getting well-reviewed by those who got their hands on it early. It's out on PC, PlayStation 4 and 5, and Nintendo Switch on the 24th. Articles to read, videos to watch, and podcasts to listen to. Sifter.com.au This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Kyle Paletto. And my name is Fiona Bartholomew. Thank you so much for listening. We know you love our podcasts, so why not become a monthly backer on Ko-Fi? Your support lets us keep making our shows, so if you want to be a legend like Rob D, who recently signed up to be a monthly backer, it's easy. Head to sifter.com.au slash support, where support starts from just $1 a month. That address again is sifter.com.au slash support. Sifter is produced by Kyle Paletto, myself, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is senior producer, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer, who also edits each episode. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the walkthrough theme tune. And thanks to both Audio Technica Australia and Omni Studio for their support of Sifter's three podcasts. We'll be back with more news next Sunday.